Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Start the 
ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Getting It Out podcast. That was Raven with Surf the Tsunami. That's off of their brand new record, All Hells Breaking Loose. Drops June 30th, 2023, courtesy of Silver Lining Music. Of course, Raven, the band that precedes the new wave of British heavy metal, but yet is included, and rightfully so, in that uh, grip of bands. Who's in that grip of bands? I don't know. Saxon, Diamond Head, uh, Tank. You know the new wave of British heavy metal. You at least know the sound and uh, Raven are synonymous with that sound and are still at it. Uh, You might remember that last year I had a conversation with John Gallagher, the vocalist and bassist for an episode of Getting It Out podcast while they were on tour. And that was uh, to celebrate the 40th anniversary of Wipeout the record they released back in the 80s. And uh, now it's all about their new record, All Hells Breaking Loose, still at it. Sounds great, by the way. I'm actually uh, finishing up a uh, written review for this record for gettingitout.net. By the time you hear this, you can probably go over to the website and check that out, read all my thoughts and opinions. It's basically this. Mike Heller, the guy they have doing drums and producing, is uh, doing a fantastic job for them. And the brothers, John and uh, Mark, are just so into the character of these guys, just pours out the speakers when you listen to All Hell's Breaking Loose. So if you're hearing this uh, on June 30th or after, which is likely, then uh, go check out that new record uh, and uh, Surf the Tsunami. The song you just heard is going to be a song on that record. Okay, so enough about Raven. Let's talk about another classic heavy metal band formed about 10 years after, maybe not quite, uh, maybe a little less, but these guys are from Colorado. It's an American band, and they are Jag Panzer. Been at it for a long, long time and still kicking. Also releasing excellent new music. Their new record, The Hallowed, is out now. And it's, I'd say, their best record in, I don't know, 20 years, maybe? I hope saying that's not an insult to anybody, but I, but I love it. I think it's great. I've listened to it a ton. I've had a hard time picking out tracks I want to share with you. Uh, because I want you to hear the whole thing. So you should go do that as well. But first, you should listen to this episode of Getting It Out podcast with Mark, the guitarist. And before we do any of that, you need to know that Hot Zone is here for you. And here's why. Check it! I feel like this episode should have started with some stone cold Steve Austin glass breaking action. It's episode 316 of Getting It Out podcast. Maybe a little stone cold ET. Remember stone cold ET? Remember when that was the thing? Remember when internet videos weren't so plentiful? There weren't so many of them. That's what plentiful means, I think. And uh, we knew about all of them. I think. Remember the the Jagerbombs video? I think I was in college when that came out. So uh, like 20 years ago. Yeah, probably. Do you remember it? Jagerbombs, Jagerbombs, Jagerbombs. Uh, that was funny. I mean, I don't know if it is funny, 
Like, I don't like looking back. I don't know if it was funny, but it seemed funny at the time. And uh, there's there's something weird about the fact that those things existed. So-called E.T. is funny. I know that for a fact. That's so stupid. That's funny. Uh, much like, well, not you. I wish you were funny. You, unfortunately, are just stupid. Who, you? Yeah, I'm sorry. Did I, I got off track. What are we talking about here? Lots of things to talk about. Mostly that Canada's smoke is invading us here in Pennsylvania again. Not a big fan of this. I thought it was a little hazy. I thought, well, man, when are these clouds going to clouds going to go up in the air? What is it? What is it called? Release. I don't know. When are the clouds going to relent yesterday on Wednesday? And it just didn't happen. And eventually it was like, oh, it's these Canadians again. They're smoking us out. Maybe it's this. This is the long con they've been working on. Be real nice. Be real nice to them. Just be real nice to those guys down there. And then eventually we're just going to slowly smoke them out. They'll be annoyed within a couple days. Which is true. Now it's one day. You did. You had your couple of days to begin with. You had your couple of days where it was like, "What is this? This is surely an unfortunate event. Everything will get back to normal." And now you're sending the second wave. I think that's what this is, Canada. It's your second wave attack. My daughter told me the other day that aliens have landed um, in New Mexico. She says so. I'm gonna have to look into that. I've heard about this before. Area 51, I think they call it. Um, where are we at with? ETs. Speaking of ET, extraterrestrials. Terrestrials? Am I saying it right? You know what they are. They're aliens. Uh, we're so worried about the borders. What about the what about the lid? We need a lid to keep these aliens out. Uh, I don't know what's happening. I suspect someone does. I know there was a thing about the government releasing UFO videos a couple of years ago, and some of you listening to this are like, "Yeah, no shit. That's news. That's what they're distracting you from. That's is that's the stuff they're distracting us from." by uh, telling us about Titanic submarines. By the way, I haven't looked up imploded yet. I don't know what that means still. If you want to tell me, don't tell me. I'd rather not know. Uh, so so anyway, aliens and uh, bears are, are the latest aliens. For me, I've, I'm seeing there is a influx of bears in uh, my community, my state of Pennsylvania. I was looking into it recently. I used to joke with my daughter that I, well, not really, it's not really a joke. I want to see a bear while driving my car. This is it's that simple. That's that's the ambition I'm working with here. I just like to drive past a bear. Yeah. <laughs> this is this is the life I lead now. Wouldn't it be swell to drive past a bear? It would be. All right. Anybody would get stoked about that. Don't act like you wouldn't find that exhilarating to drive past a bear. Come on. And if you're like living in Colorado, the home of uh, Jag Panzer, you might be like, hey, man, there's bear everywhere. Is it bears or bear? I don't know the plural of bear. I'm going to look up their uh, scientific name and just call them that instead. Excuse me while I take a sip of this coffee. Not editing that out either. Uh, it is morning. Thinking about these bears. Uh, there's been, as I said, uh, bear sightings lately in my area. They're just coming into neighborhoods and just doing bear things like walking around and eating berries. Uh, I don't know. It's a little ironic that they eat berries, isn't it? Bears eating berries. I think they could have named them something else. I think they could have chose a different food. I don't think they can read or speak or write or any of that business. And they don't even know. Isn't that the funny thing? Actually, I guess that bears don't even know that they're eating berries. 
They just think they're just eating these delicious little balls. And uh, they are eating delicious little balls like many of us. But uh, they're eating their own name. It's Sorry, this is a really ridiculous thought. It's just that they're called berries and the animals are bears. I don't think it's a coincidence. I think, I think this is a distraction from the fish that are swimming upstream right now. And uh, they're sending bears into our neighborhood. And they'll be doing bear things. Like I said, looking at trash cans, just walking around. Only little bears. I guess we got black bears here in Pennsylvania. A lot of them, according to an article I read yesterday, skimmed. I shouldn't say read. I should assume if I say I read an article, just assume I didn't. I'm lying. Just say he must have looked at a, a couple words in it. And now he's uh, feeling like an expert. So he's going to talk to us about it on his podcast. And hey, you know, that's exactly what's happening here. I already covered the, the Canadian invasion, the alien invasion, and now the bear invasion. This is an invasion podcast. But what we should be talking about is rock and roll, rock and roll and heavy metal to be specific. The capital H, capital M heavy metal, classic heavy metal, new wave of British heavy metal. You know what I mean when I say heavy metal, at least I think you should. Can you believe that these bands are still going? Like not even Jack Panzer, who I'm talking, talking to in this episode, not even Raven, who uh, I spoke to uh, last year and played that track for in the beginning. I'm talking like Black Sabbath. I mean, I know it's not really still going, but it still exists. They, they're still killing it uh, by all accounts. Judas Priest is still out there. Iron Maiden, Deep Purple in like a capacity. Unfortunately, Motorhead is no longer able to do it because everybody's dead, but that makes sense. And uh, I don't know. I think there's just it's like the fountain of youth, this heavy metal. And we'll talk a lot about that. When I get into my conversation with Mark, who plays guitar for Jag Panzer. But first, I need to play you a track from their new record. The new record is called The Hallowed, and it's available now everywhere. Its concept record goes off of a comic book they released a couple years ago. He'll talk about that. Here's a song from the record. It's called Onward We Toil, and then my conversation with Mark. The smell of death was in the air, but we had war. And for that war, we would sacrifice everything.
almost called you Harry, but I know that you're Mark. <laughs> That's <laughs> happened a few times in these interviews. I think both of you, both of you were with the band when Jag Panzer first came on my radar, which was 1998 is when I remember finding out about your band the first time. And that was because you were part of the sensory media comps that used to come out called the identity comps. And I think it was a track, the age yeah, of master. Yeah, I remember that. I think that one was on there and that was my, so that was my introduction to you guys. And that was, I don't know how many years ago is that 25 years ago? Yeah. yeah it's been a while. And that's only part, that's only, that's only the second half of, of the career. So, <laughs> so a lot has happened. So tell me about, uh, real briefly, the beginning of Jag Panzer. Cause I know that you, and I saw you post the other day that three of you guys in the band even went to elementary school together. Yeah. Yeah. Harry, our singer and I, Harry, uh, we grew up on the same street. Harry lived about six houses up from me. Our bass player, John was a, a street over and, uh, yeah, we were always really into music. You know, as kids, it was uh, starting off with uh, Kiss and Deep Purple and then getting into Rush and UFO and Rainbow. And yeah, I think Harry's the first one that started. He always sang, but he started playing guitar when he was 14 and he showed me how to play Kiss God of Thunder. So the uh, next step was getting in a band and we talked to our buddy, John, who was a trombone player. We said, Hey, you interested in playing bass? And he said, yeah, let's go buy a bass today. I got some money saved. <laughs> so um, yeah, that's how it all started. <laughs> and that was what? 84? No, earlier than that. 79. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Not, not only is it impressive that, uh, that, that you've been doing this long, but that, I, th I don't know. Correct me if I'm wrong. You might be the only member who was constant the whole time or how's it work? John, our bass player and I are on every record and okay. uh, Harry's on every record, but two. Hmm. So anyway, what I was getting to is impressive that to have that long, not only the longevity of the band, but also members. Cause a lot of times you get to 40 years of the band and nobody from the original band is even, even in anymore. So I think it's pretty cool that three of the guys who grew up in the same neighborhood are. Yeah. Yeah. Our very first record was an EP and as a four piece and three of us are still here. Yeah. That's, 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 that's super cool. So you've been doing it for an incredibly long time, honestly, longer than I've been alive. Uh, I'm 38 <laughs> and that's, you know, that's funny. I'm not a young guy. I got, a, I got kids. I got one that's driving, you know what I mean? So it's not like, <laughs> so it's not like it's cause I'm young. It's cause you guys have just been around for so long and obviously playing like just straight up what I would consider straight up like classic heavy metal. Is that the direction you wanted to go all the whole time from, from the beginning? Yeah, the whole time. I mean, that's what we grew up loving. The, the first, uh, you know, arguably whether you'd call it metal or not, I would, but the, you know, the first one I heard was smoke on the water from deep purple. My mm -hmm. older sister's boyfriend played it for me and immediately asked him, you know, Hey, can I go get a couple of buddies of mine to hear it too? So they came <laughs> over and heard it. And then, yeah, we always, uh, yeah, that's always been the music we're into. You know, we, we all listen to a lot of different styles, but our favorites are always metal and that's certainly our favorite to play. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I could ask you a whole bunch about a lot of the records you released over the years, but obviously I want to focus on this one that you got coming out. Um, what is it? June 23rd this week. Shit. It's tomorrow. All right. Yeah. Tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> the hallowed. Um, 
as I understand is, and what, uh, what, what also this, yeah, what this showed me, look, we're both showing each other stuff. <laughs> what this showed me is that, and maybe I know it from the press material too, but that this is a, actually a concept album based on a comic book, but, but I didn't know anything about the comic book. So tell me about that. Yeah, we were, uh, we, we weren't thinking about a comic book initially. We were just working on the album and Barry had really fleshed out the story and we had a band chat room and, there's questions every day about the story. So I suggested to the guys, Hey, if we're all this curious about the story, maybe other people are. So let's, uh, you know, let's look into a comic and everybody agreed. And man, it was expensive. <laughs> you got to pay for so much art and then yeah. you print it. But I, I, I'm a numbers geek and been keeping spreadsheets for years. And I, I thought we could do about 600 comics and that would be enough to pay for it all. So it'd be a break even experience and kind of a cool thing for people to have. So yeah, we went forward with the comic. We actually, on our end, we finished the album and the comic the same week, mm. but because, you know, we had to sign with the label and then there's a whole release promotional period. Yeah. The comic came out quite a bit earlier. Yeah, no, I, I get that. As someone who works in the print world, I know it's a lot easier to get printing done than than vinyl. So I understand that side of it. But did did, did everybody know that the that the album was coming when you released the comic book? Yeah, not I was you guys. Everybody, and it was uh, there was a little bit of resistance at first. You know, I had a few people tell me, yeah, because I I um. You always like people to be be straight with me. So I had some of my friends say, look, I'm not buying the comic till I hear some music. And I said, okay, well, fair enough. You know, but let me tell you, there's only 600 copies. So hmm. make your choice. So uh, yeah, I got a lot of that because yeah, the comic did come out much earlier than any of the music, but luckily it's worked out good. The comic is near sellout. I think it's under 70 now left. Hmm. Wow stashed around my house i actually have to find them i have to pull 10 for myself to keep yeah that's cool i was what well, i was going to be one of our questions how to go over do people like it and, and are you guys comic people were you guys did you guys come up in that world i'm not a hardcore kind you know we grew up with ec comics you know mm -hmm. tales from crypt and things like that um Although I love those and read those all the time. I know friends that are like diehard comic book people and I am not one of them. So I guess you could, you know, count me as an EC fan, but that's my extent of comics. I'm with you on that. I'm with you on that. I got, I got a couple in this drawer right here and they're only because of people I know did them. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, all right, I find it cool enough to check out, but not cool enough to get in. This is, I'm sure like you, this is where I, all my money goes, oh, yeah. you know, the, the stacks, shells and shells of records. Um, but, but I do think what you, I do think basing this record off of that is a very cool thing. Did it change the way that you wrote for the Howard? Um, no, no, actually. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 
market. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Not at all, because the songwriting was done before the comic was even started. Mm. We actually did the Hallowed as a, as a full dress rehearsal demo, um, probably about a year and a half ago where we had everybody in the band. We had a band meeting and look, everybody's got to do this for real. So yeah, we did the whole album for real, just as kind of a trial run. That's very cool. Very cool. Was this all stuff that uh, came up? I mean, I guess timing wise, I don't know. Is this all stuff that came up through the pandemic? Was it projects to work on while getting through COVID? No. Um, most songs start with me and my inspiration is live gigs. And I, I try to see a live gig every week and that, that just really inspires me. So COVID what, you know, was a complete dead end for me for writing songs. Mm. I mean, I, I can pick up a guitar and write a song, but I want, you know, something to be inspiring and a reason to write it. And that just, that was not happening for me for COVID. Yeah, COVID yeah. sucked around here. I'm sure it sucked <laughs> everywhere, but no gigs was horrible. Well, I'm the I I feel like I say this all the time. I was the COVID's biggest fan, and I I enjoyed just staying home. But I I know I'm in the minority of that. Just out of curiosity, you say you got a lot of gigs. What was the last one you went to? Let's see. I went to uh, Red Floyd Pink Floyd tribute up at Red Rocks, the beautiful mm. venue, and that was that was a couple of weeks ago. That's pretty cool. Oh, I, I saw a metal gig where there's a local metal band called Chamber Mage. I saw them. I think it was, yeah, last week I saw them. So I guess, I guess about a week ago was my last gig. Yeah. Nice. It's a good spectrum of stuff too. I, I, I ask because the last one that I went to was, it took my daughters to see Taylor Swift last Friday. So. Oh, cool. Yeah. I bet that was a, a big spectacle. And It was man. It was, I'm really glad we went. It was actually really fun. Uh, first of all, to see them be that happy for a long time, but to see a show on that level, like, I don't know yeah. any other time I'd be going to see a pop star play right. 72,000 people. So to see something that big of a production was quite impressive. Yeah. I think, I, I think it's great to see. I mean, I love Cirque du Soleil shows for the production. Mm. I, I tell my friends, you know, you need to see Ramstein if they come around. So mm. I say, well, not really into that. No, you got to see this show. You got to see this yeah. fire everywhere. Just the whole <laughs> spectacle. Yeah. So I, I totally get seeing any artist who just puts on a fantastic show. Yeah, that's the thing we're trying to get through to our girls where last year I made them all come with me to Buffalo. We took a family vacation to Buffalo to go to Niagara Falls, but also included a Metallica concert in that. And of course, they don't give a shit about Metallica. They were eight yeah. and 15 at the time. But it was more so like, that's just it's like, and I was talking about talk, explaining to them why I don't mind going to see Taylor Swift. It's like, it's just a in some ways culturally significant and you know just to see somebody who's this big an artist on this level to take it all in yeah so for, for you was there a concert early on that was like that like instrumental in your interest in playing 
I started going to concerts when I was about 10. I saw Harry Chapin. And then uh, a couple weeks later, I saw Parliament Funkadelic. So (laughs) wildly different. And both had a huge impact on me. I thought it was so cool where Harry Chapin could just play some simple chords and just Mm -hmm. have everybody screaming and on their feet. I thought, wow, this is the coolest thing ever. How'd you get to those at 10? Was that a family thing? Yeah, my older sister was dating a um, somebody. This was on the Air Force base, and she was dating one of the young men that worked in promotions. Mm. Cool, cool. So you had a, so you had a, you had an in at a young age. Yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. That's all. That's like that's what I try to get with our kids. You know, they're they're young, but they've been to a lot of stuff, and uh, I know they don't love it all. And just check it out. You know, it'll be, it'll be a cool thing to look back on. All right. But so you mentioned earlier, uh, I want to get back to Jag, the record. You mentioned earlier that you signed to the record label, which you're speaking of Atomic Fire, right? Yeah. Where did they come from? How did this partnership become a thing? Well, this was the first time we ever did a record not being on a label. So it was kind of different for us. So we wanted to do that. We said, you know, let's just finish everything, the art, recording, mixing, mastering, everything before we sign with a label. So we um, finished it. We made a list of labels and uh, started hitting them up. And I noticed some of the names that Atomic Fire sounded familiar and then it hit me. This was they were the nuclear blast team that was promoting Hammerfall on their first tour that we were on that tour. And they were the greatest promotional team. I thought, wow, these guys are great. So I, I pitched to the rest of the band that, hey, if, if Atomic Fire makes an offer, we should go with this. And um, out of the 10 labels approach, we've got uh, we got nine offers. Um, some of la- some of the labels backed out immediately because they, they couldn't meet what we were asking. But we had uh, yeah four labels were sent us offers and we're going to meet what we wanted. And Atomic Fire was one of them. So that was a no brainer for us to go with them. That's very cool. Very cool to have that kind of uh, I don't say I guess I guess I'll use the word leverage. But as a well-established band and coming straight with a record, I'm sure helped already finished completed uh i I assume they were on board with the comic book idea too obviously they were on board with the whole thing because that's where you're at yeah well the other thing was really cool about them is um they told us their promotional plan which was great and they were totally cool with us doing our own promotional plan the audio cards sending Mm -hmm. out postcards creating a hotline comic books so yeah it was great being able to work hand in hand sort of hitting the promotion from two different two different areas yeah, tell me about those promotions because, like I, I showed you, I'm sitting here with one of the one of the cards myself. Uh, very cool. Looks like a even the envelopes, a nice touch, you know, with this, everything about it. I, I, as someone again who's into print stuff, I just appreciate the effort that it takes to to have these things produced. So, how did you come up with these ideas? Have you done anything like this for albums in the past? No, we wanted, you know, we had a few much much more simpler ideas, but some of the labels in the past really said you know, leave the promotion to us. <laughs> so when Atomic Fire said, go for it, we all, we just batted around ideas. So I was in Walgreens one day getting some razor, razor blades and somebody opened a card and it played happy birthday. And I thought, wow, I wonder if you could do a metal song. <laughs> so I, I started looking around and I found a factory and factory that was willing to let me do a special mix for the card. So that was cool. Um, 
So we decided to go with those. Those were a bit pricey, so we didn't do a whole lot of those enough for journalists and radio stations. But we thought, well, what can we send a fan base? So we started doing, uh, we came up with a whole series of uh, postcards, mm-hmm. each getting a little more involved. We had a regular postcard, and then we had an embossed foil-stamped card. Mm-hmm. And then we had a card with partial glow-in-the-dark on it. And then we had a card with, uh, the last card was uh, hidden message glasses that you put on. (laughs) And uh, yeah, it was a lot of fun because we we really had to hunt down people that would manufacture these for us, you Mm -hmm. know, without doing a million copies. Um, Yeah, that's the thing. I mean, when you, when you, when you're producing stuff like that, the, the value gets better with the higher quantity, right? But that's not necessarily needed. And then we did an old school hotline like the 80s where you could call and hear a message from a band member. Yeah, it it was a lot of fun. I I think the main reason behind that is we wanted to give people a taste of what promotion was like in the 80s. Mm -hmm. Because setting up a hotline in the 80s was not uncommon at all. A lot of bands did it. A lot of bands sent out postcards. I mean, my dad told me he used to get postcards from dance bands in the 50s. And then you take the card to the show and get it autographed. Mm. So I said, okay, so none of these things we're doing are nothing new, but they're quite unique for today, I think. Yeah, totally. I mean, it's brand new to a lot of people, but that I guess maybe that speaks to, gets me to a question about the Jag Panzer audience. Do you find that you're still gaining and growing a new audience with younger people? Yeah. And it's uh, it's a little harder gaining the younger crowd. I mean, some of them right away might have a little little bit of hesitation. I'm not sure these old guys have anything to offer. And uh, I think our sounds a little bit different than what they're used to hearing. But, yeah, we've been getting good response from from younger metal fans. That's great. That's great. I love hearing that because I, I, I know for myself, there was a time where like classic sounding whatever new wave of british heavy metal whatever you want to call it just capital h capital m heavy metal uh didn't resonate with me the way it does now now i think it's you know essential and it's like probably what i might might be what i listen to most maybe not but when when i was into the more extreme stuff and i still am it was hard to make space for the traditional stuff but now i you know see the total value and i love it and it's it's kind of become like a it's maybe it's kind of corny, but it's kind of like, like the most uplifting music that I listen to. Uh, oh, cool! Yeah, it's like that. you know, you know, you, you, I get like listening to the Hallow. There's so many songs on there that have just have these you know big choruses, and like it's just done in a way that it's that it's it's like almost done in a pop way, but with this you know where it's just memorable and fun to sing along to. And that's there's still uh, there's a lot to like about something like that. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And sing along was the, I mean, that was a big thing for metal, you know, growing up with us, you know, Judas Priest, uh, mm-hmm. United and any stream for vengeance and you know, anything off of British steel. And yeah, it was always a, a big chorus. Yeah. 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 Well, um, you guys kind of have come and gone, not come and gone. I don't know. Was, was there official breakups in the past or just the hiatuses? Yeah, there was a time period we just couldn't find an agent. And you know, without an agent, you just can't really do anything. And uh, yeah, there was a breakup because the band couldn't do anything, but I, I was still dealing with lots of uh, 
lots of business side. And it was just horrible. It was, you know, terrible to have to do two hours a day for this business work with no chance of a gig coming. Right. Well, I, I asked that just out of curiosity. Do you find, cause it sounds like you're having a good time with this right now. Do you find that you, maybe you're having as much fun now as you ever were with the band? Yeah. Yeah. It's a lot of fun now because there's uh there's much less uncertainties nowadays. I mean, we have a great label, a great agent, great publicist, great publishing company. So there's, uh, it's much less to worry about, a lot more fun to have. <laughs> Do you find like the expectations are clearer too? Like, you know, you know what to expect from, from, from a record, from just being in the band? Yeah. Yeah. Expectations are pretty clear. We know, you know, every record you do and every band experiences this. Some people are going to like it. Some people aren't going to like it. A few people are going to love it. A few are going to hate it. And you just roll with it. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, a new album. It's your first in a few years. I don't think, is it the big, it's not the biggest gap you've ever had between. No, records, not the it? biggest gap, but yeah, we tend to, you know, you can blame it on me. I'm a slow songwriter. <laughs> Hey, well, uh, I'd I'd say for however forty ish years that you're in, uh, you're you're getting them out at a prolific pace. You know, even <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know how many there are, uh, but there's over ten, right? Oh yeah, over ten. Yeah, yeah. I, so I, that's pretty good. That's that's a pretty good pace. Um, the I gotta imagine you're playing shows. I don't know what you. Well, I guess I'll ask that question. Is there what are the tour plans, or are there tour plans for the band this year that you can yeah, there's, announce? There's one. Um, I guess coming up in about seven or eight weeks, we're playing uh, three festival, three big festivals in Europe, Headbangers Open Air and Vakken and Alcatraz, and then a bunch mm -hmm. of headlining shows in between. And then we've got a, uh, a festival in September in Wisconsin here. And then we've got something going on in January. Um, other guys in the band handle the booking, but they just told me have my passport ready and this is something new. So I'm, I'm hoping central and South America. So it could we'll be see. Antarctica though. You never know. He could yeah, be going down be there cool too. <laughs> I got, I know, I know a guy who's been in a, been in a lot of bands over the, well, one band in particular, but he's, his goal has always been to play Antarctica. He's played most of the world, but I don't know that anybody's <laughs> ever played Antarctica. So, yeah. Yeah. Metallica or did they do the Arctic Circle? They did something. They did, did something, they? yeah. Yeah, but only Metallica. That's a pretty high Yeah, bar. only Metallica, yeah. right. <laughs> well, so when you get out there and start playing shows with, with having such a deep discography, you've been around for so many years, uh, do you anticipate picking up a lot of the new tracks and, and inserting them in the set list? Um, I think so. I've been banned from making set lists for the past 15 Why? years. Because I, the other band members said I tended to pick only songs that I like and songs that I wrote. <laughs> <laughs> that seems and natural. I, I, I mean, I, I wasn't doing it on purpose, but so yeah, I don't, I don't have any input in the set list anymore. <laughs> That's funny. That's, but it's funny, but it's, it's honest too. Uh, it's great. Well, the, uh, the record, like we talked about comes out tomorrow officially people yep. won't hear this tomorrow but they'll hear this probably next week so uh i, I can still ask you this because it hasn't happened yet but what are you most looking forward to with the official release of the hallowed oh just talking about the music with people and um seeing if it gets any chart positions we usually get the past two albums have had a u.s chart position hmm. we haven't had any outside the u.s yeah, that that sort of gives you a, a nice stepping stone in the industry to other things if you can show a chart position. So I'm cautiously optimistic we can get one of those. 
Nice. What is that? Is that like the, maybe the hard rock chart or? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I thought so too. Uh, that's, that's cool. And, and I didn't know, I didn't, I mean, it makes total sense that it helps with, uh, helps the band to have those things. I always just saw it as a thing that you get to say you did, but I'm sure there's benefits I'm not aware of as well. Yeah, there is, there's benefits. Definitely.
So there you have it. That was my conversation with Mark. And the song you just heard was actually the lead off track on the hallowed is called Bound as One. I was going to put a different track there. And uh, then I was listening to the record yesterday and thought, no, I need to include Bound as One because it's one that I really enjoy. Hopefully you do, too. Maybe it made more sense to play at the beginning of the interview. But, you know, whatever. I did what I did. I don't regret it. I'm just happy. You heard it. I, again, highly encourage you to go check out the full record, The Hollowed, even pick up a comic book. Not many left. You heard that, right? Anyway, thanks to Mark for the conversation. And uh, it's just it's, it's really nice. It's, I've talked about this plenty of times before, but it's it's really cool for me to be able to talk to these people in bands that I've been listening to for most of my life. And this was another one. Jag Panzer isn't the first band that comes to mind when I think of bands I've listened to for 20 plus years, but they're certainly there. And, uh, you know, sometimes a little reminder is all I need. I'm back in the discography, digging through again and picking out old songs that I loved. Uh, and, uh, maybe, maybe that's the case for you as well. If so, get into some new Jag Panzer as well. The hallowed out now everywhere available on atomic fire records. Uh, I guess that should be it for this one officially. Uh, again, I want to remind you, you should go over to gettingitout.net, check it out, see what's going on there. I uh, picked up a little bit of the slack on the news lately. And as I mentioned, the Raven review will be dropping probably today. So go find that, read it, enjoy it, and uh, look for new records all coming out tomorrow, Friday, June 30th, my daughter's 10th birthday. It's a big birthday. All right. It's a big deal. It's a decade of one person's life and uh it's very cool <laughs> so uh, do whatever you need to do to celebrate my daughter's birthday i will do what i need to do. actually we already did the party has already been had but you know what i'm saying i'm gonna end this with a track from a band that's also on atomic fire records they're a band that uh, maybe you're not too familiar with but if you aren't i'd like you to get familiar with them they're called alcatraz They've been around since 1983. Okay. Uh, But what you'll probably know them for, if you don't know the band Alcatraz, is that they they introduced two guitar heroes to the world of heavy metal, Yngwie Malmsteen and Steve Vai. Uh, I apologize for the way I mispronounced those names. Uh, Anyway, they came out with this record, No Parole for Rock and Roll, back in 83. And uh, there was this hit, Island in the Sun. But whatever, the band has kept going. And they recently have been uh, as active as ever, I should say. And uh, there is a they had a new album in 2020. And now they got another one out there. This song is off of that album. It actually features Girl School, who also recently came back also atomic fire records and uh i don't know i just thought it was a good place to put it check it out this song from alcatraz don't get mad get even thank you for listening bye-bye
Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.